Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. If there's going to be a change in my life, it's got to come from the inside of me. It's got to be from the heart. And what he's saying is this. It's very interesting that a Jewish man could say this. All the ritual, the ceremonial laws involving burnt offerings and sacrifices, they were always done from an external motive. I got to, I got to, I got to. But Jesus says, no, put all that aside. That's not important. What rises to the top is this. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, spirit. Every part of you, love and strength, just love Him. There are more people living on earth right now than in any other time in history. Yet loneliness still plagues so many people. Trying to fill that loneliness can lead some people into even darker places. You can surround yourself with the structure of religion or try to do good through works, or go through the motions of a spiritual life and still feel lonely. When you really let God in, He makes a home in your heart. A great joy comes with walking with Jesus, and loneliness gives way to intimacy. His comfort, His direction are now the driving force in your life, and that overflowing love will spill out, reaching the voids in the lives of others. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 with the conclusion of our message entitled, The Bible in a Nutshell. God is the one that's designed this kind of service, not this kind of service, but this format. He's designed the church to be a body. And he's given certain people gifts publicly to explain the word of God. That's the purpose for you being here. And as you're here, you should be doing one thing, growing. Ask yourself this question. Am I growing? Is my life being more like Jesus? Am I learning more of the Word of God? Is it applying to my life more? And am I, do I have faith? Am I witnessing? Am I sharing? Am I serving? Or have I just been kind of coasting? Nothing's happening in my life. Now, one of the things I find out, the people that will say this kind of thing to you are the people that don't want to ever be held accountable. They don't want anybody saying to them, Hey, haven't seen you recently. Where you been? So they just say, I can serve God sitting at home. That's a bunch of baloney. You need to be in the house of God. If you truly love God, you will be consistently under the teaching of the Word of God. That's where it comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Many of you are surprised still, even though we're like 13 or 1400 people or whatever, and whether kids, many of you are surprised that I know often when you're not here. And you don't like that. Well, that's what God's given me. Why? There was a young lady here last night. She hadn't been here for a while, and I stopped her at the end of the She said, I know you're going to stop me, and I was going to come back and tell you. I've been struggling some time, but everything's fine now. And I'm going right on with God. Well, why am I interested? Because her soul is at stake. Elijah separates from everybody, and he goes, sits in a cave and goes, poor little old me. Now, we all feel like that sometimes, don't we? And he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Get back to serving me. That's one clue of God's cure for depression. It's to serve him. Because when you see other people with greater needs than yours, you can't be sorry for yourself. So you're going to see, if you're consistently under the Word of God, you're going to be growing. If you're not, that's how your growth will be. 
It's not legalistic. It's the way God designed it. Secondly, if you're here and you love God, you're going to be applying the Word of God. It's going to make something to your life. You're going to be growing in your love for God and for others. Here's the next thing I hear quite often. And I want you to listen seriously to this one. I hear people say this. They'll come in the office or they'll stop me at the door and here's what they'll say. My husband, my wife, my friend, my neighbor came to the Lord Jesus Christ X amount of whatever time ago. They came down front at a church somewhere. They accepted Jesus Christ. They signed something at the Billy Graham Crusade or whatever. And I've watched their life and nothing has changed in their life. They live exactly like they did before. Nothing at all has changed. And they ask me this question. Are they a believer? Well, I'm not God. Only God can see in the heart. But I have a good clue. And here's a verse that I've got in the Living Bible. I don't like the Living very much, but I do like it because of this. Let's read it together. And I'm going to read it as if I was saying it to you. Pastor Mark will never stop thanking God for this. That when he preached to you, Calvary Chapel of Melbourne, you didn't think of the words he spoke as being just his own, but you accepted what he said as the very word of God, by the way, which it is, which it is. And it did what? Changed who? Well, it changed my husband. No, it changed who? My life. Say it changed my life. It changed my life when who believed it? When I believed it. Now listen to this. There's some of you here, and I believe this is the greatest deception Satan has ever put on the church. And here's what it is. You've been a member of a church. You made a confession somewhere. You took communion when you were a child. You went to catechism. Doesn't matter, you went to church school, you go every week, you give. You believe because of those things, you're a Christian. But let me read to you a statement. When a person comes to Jesus Christ for salvation, this new relationship will dramatically transform their life. A change in lifestyle will show them and others something profound has happened. They will begin to grow and be more like Jesus in good works and character. Their lifestyle will match their name, Christian, Christ-like, born again. If you look at your life this morning, and really there's been no change since whatever that profession of Christ was, whatever that card you signed, whatever church you went to, whether this church or any other, if there's been no real change, I'm not talking about a perfect person now, because there aren't any. If there were, we just scratch the word Christian, we'll all go home. It's over with. But I mean, if there's no, there's no way for the living God to come into your life and there be no change in your life. Absolutely impossible. And you say, why are you passionate about it? Because it's the greatest deception Satan has ever put on anybody. I'm religious and I'm going to heaven. No, you need to be Christ-like. There's a great difference between religion and Christianity. The thing you don't want to hear, and it's going to happen, it's in the book of Matthew. When people come and they line up and they stand before God, and God says to them, here's his words, I never knew you. 
What do you mean you didn't know me? And the Bible lists all the works that this person did. Good works. But what he's saying is, I never had a personal relationship with you. You never asked me into your heart. You did religious things. You did good things. But I never knew you. And here's what the next part he says. Depart from me. That's it. It's over. It's the end. You're in eternity without God forever. We call it hell. You don't want to go there. That's why I'm saying to you this morning, listen up. You can't play at this. You need to know that there's growth and change, that something has taken part in your life. And if there is no change in your life since you became a Christian, I have to say to you this this morning from my heart, I doubt whether you are. And if that's true, get right with God. Are there any benefits to keeping these two commandments, to love God? Yes, there's lots. I'm going to list four for you this morning. So... Just kind of look at your own life and say, is this happening in my life as a Christian this morning? The first thing I believe that happens is this. My walk with God is now simple instead of complicated. When I come to Jesus Christ, my walk with God is now simple instead of complicated. Many of you are raised with churches and these 613 rules kind of remind you where you were raised, don't you? Don't, 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 don't. How many remember those days? You couldn't do anything. And Christianity, people said, was funny. And you said, you got to be kidding me. I can't do anything. There's, and that's the way the Jews looked at it. It was a burden. It was horrible for them. But Jesus came, and he takes all of that complication away, and he makes it simple. He just says this, love God and love your neighbor. Do you believe a child can understand the love of God? Or is it too complicated? Well, I got a card. And it says this, I love you, Pastor Mark. <laughs> See the coloring? Great job. Better than any hallmark you could give me. I love you, Pastor Mark. And then inside it says this, and God loves the whole world. Signed, Morgan. Can Morgan understand the love of God? Probably better than you and I do. You see, the love of God is simple. Not complicated. Secondly, my walk with God is now easy instead of difficult. So many people say, man, serving God is so hard. You tell me i got to be here to church. you got all these commandments. I'm going to love God. It's just so... No, it isn't hard. It isn't hard at all. Turn in your Bible, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2. Let me tell you, keeping God's commands is not difficult. It's kind of like the story of a man who goes into a pet shop and he tells the owner, I'd like, a, I'd like a pet that can do everything. I've had a dog, I've had a cat, I've had goldfish, they can't do everything. The pet owner thinks a moment and he says, what in the world am I going to give this man that can do everything? So he comes up with the answer, he says this, a centipede. The shop owner says centipede and the man says, a centipede? I can't imagine the centipede doing everything, but I'll give it a shot. So he takes the centipede home. He gets a moment, he says to the centipede, clean the kitchen. Well, 30 minutes later, he walks away, and he goes right back into the kitchen, and there it is, totally immaculate. Dishes and silver have been washed, dried, put away. Countertops clean, appliances are sparkling, the floor is waxed. He's amazed. He says to the centipede, I don't believe this, but go and clean the living room. 20 minutes later, he walks into the living room, the carpet's been vacuumed, the furniture clean and dusted, the pillows are all on the sofa, and the plants have even been watered. And he goes, this is amazing. This is the most amazing thing I've ever said. This pet can really do everything. He says, I got one more test. He says to the centipede, run down to the corner and get me a newspaper. The centipede walks out the door and 10 minutes later, no centipede. 
20 minutes later, no centipede. 30 minutes later, no centipede. It's 45 minutes later, and the owner is worried. What could have happened? Did he run away? Was it too much work? Did he get run over by a car? So he goes to the front door, and he opens the front door, and there's the centipede sitting right outside on the steps. And the man says, hey, 45 minutes ago, I sent you to the corner store to get me a newspaper. What happened? The centipede said, I'm going. I'm going. I'm just putting on my shoes. Think about it for a moment, it'll come. Is that the way you look at serving God? That it's just tie loop one, tie loop two, next one shine. It just, it's just over and over, repetition, slow, burdensome. First John 5, 3 says this, This is the love for God to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. I love the New Living Translation that says this, Loving God means keeping His commands, and really, that isn't difficult. If you look in your life this morning, and serving Jesus Christ is difficult, then you're in trouble. It isn't difficult. Why isn't it difficult, Pastor Mark? Because of Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Let's look at it together. You've turned there. Philippians 2.13, and it says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Here's what it means. You might want to write that in there because it's a very important verse for us. When God comes into your life, the first thing He does, He changes, I call it, your wonter. Your will, your wonter. You know, those of you that are on a diet and you go right by the Krispy Kreme place and it's shouting what? Hot and now. And your heart says, turn right, and God says, keep on trucking. What's he done? He's changed your wanter. He will make you want to obey his commands. You say, well, I've been into addiction and pornography and whatever. Can God change that? You betcha. He'll change your wanter. Well, how does he do it? The second part says, an act of him. It's the power of God. When God comes into you, he not only changes my will, but he gives me the power to act on that which I should do. So not only does he say, don't go into Krispy Kremes, he just says, put your foot on there and let's keep on moving. And he gives me the power to do it. I have to cooperate with him, but I do it. So I have my will changed and the power of God operate in my life. That's why it is not difficult. Number three, my walk with God is filled with joy instead of sadness and gloom. The greatest thing that I believe happens is when this church fills up and the different services or whatever, and people walk in as visitors, and they can, even in spite of the parking and all the other stuff and whatever, and we're not done yet, and the buildings and all the kind of God's blessings, they see one thing. They see love and joy in your heart. And they go, something's real here. I really don't know what it is. By the way, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the man. It has to do with Jesus Christ. Because serving Jesus Christ is the greatest walk in all the world. And people are looking for answers to life. And number four, by the way, John 15, 11 says he gave us obedience so that we can understand what joy is. Number four is this. My walk with God is filled with intimacy instead of loneliness. One of the greatest things in the world we find today is people who are lonely. But watch this. John 14, 23 says this. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and will come into him and will make our home with him. Turn back to the book of Mark, chapter 12. Follow me. What Jesus is saying to this young man is this. Remember the Mezusa young man? 
You talk to me about the Shema, and that goes on the outside of your heart. Well, let me tell you, if you love God and you obey His commands, and you'll love your neighbor as you love yourself, you can take that little mezuzah off the door and pop it right here over your heart. Because what God promises is this. Listen, when you accept Him as personal Savior, the living God comes inside you. The creator of the universe lives in you. Is that awesome or what this morning? His power, his direction, his comfort comes and lives within you. Chapter 12, verse 30 tells us what the response is to all this from the young man. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there's no other with him, no other but him. He knew that already, the Shema. Then he says, to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important, and here's the key change, than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. You see what this young man who is a Jewish person is saying, I get it. All these sacrifices, all this stuff that's external is good, but if there's going to be a change in my life, it's got to come from the inside of me. It's got to be from the heart. And what he's saying is this. It's very interesting that a Jewish man could say this. All the ritual, the ceremonial laws involving burnt offerings and sacrifices, they were always done from an external motive. I got to, I got to, I got to. But Jesus says, no, put all that aside. That's not important. What rises to the top is this. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, spirit. Every part of you, love and strength, just love Him. In the Old Testament, we see God saying this. Put all your sacrifices aside. I'm sick of them. Today, He would say this. I'm tired of your church attendance. I'm tired of you dropping a five spot or a hundred spot in the offering. I'm tired of you serving in the minister class and all the times you just gripe over that the kids are in the parking. I'm tired of all that. It's nothing but an external thing from you. Throw it all away and love me by obeying me. You see, God is interested in what you do when you leave here, not what you are here. He wants to see who you are when you're alone. Seven days a week. Is the love of God there? Is it change your heart? Well, look what this young man said, what Jesus says to this young man. I think it's wonderful, this statement. Look at verse 34. He says this. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, in other words, that the young man had perceived it, he got it, which is amazing because he understood Christianity now. He said to him, Welcome to the kingdom of God. You've been born again. Your intellectual understanding has made you a believer. You are now a born-again believer. Is that what Jesus said to him? No. You would think that's what it is. Because he understood everything. Look what Jesus says to him. You are not far from the kingdom of God. And then no one dared ask him any more questions. Here's what Jesus was saying. Young man... You're close to the kingdom. Young man, you've asked the right person. You've even asked the right questions. I've given you the right answers. You have a great concept of God. You understand my concept. You know me. Living by the commandments is good, but it's not good enough. He's saying to this young man, you're close. And what he's saying is this. The study of religion does not make religious people you see, when you come to church, and many of you have come to church, different churches all your life, and by coming to church, you believe by coming, you become a Christian. That doesn't work. Go to Burger King today. When you leave, you are not a whopper. <laughs> doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. So Jesus, follow me. 
You say, why is this young man even asking? Because this young man is tired of religion. You're here today and you've been tired of religion. You want peace and you want joy and you want to know that God loves you and you can have an intimate relationship with Him. And what this young man did is he boldly comes to Jesus because he's hearing his answers over the last few weeks and he says, I believe this guy has the answer. And notice something very important. We'll take this podium this morning as Jesus and the kingdom of God. As this man is asking more questions, he's getting closer and closer and closer to the kingdom of God and Jesus. And then Jesus turns around and he says, come on in, man. No, he doesn't. He says to him, you're close to the kingdom of God. What does that mean? It means what it always means. He understood it here, but it had to move to here. You see, to know Jesus Christ, the last step has to always be whose? Yours. He says you're close, but there's one more step. It has to be personal acceptance of Jesus Christ. It's always that step. And then you trust him to change your life. And you begin obeying him. And he puts that will and changes your will. And that wanter and that, that power of God comes into your life. It's that last step that must be taken. And nobody can take that step for you but you. Is being close to the kingdom of God and being in the kingdom of God the same? No. If you argue with that, take your next airline ticket. Go over to Orlando. Show the gate person, go all the way out one of those long things that they drive to meet the plane. Stand there where the guy is with the wheel. Watch all the people, 500 of them, get on the plane. You stand there with the ticket, and you don't get on the plane. Are you going anywhere? You're going nowhere. You're close, but you're not on the plane. You've been religious. You've been religious school. You maybe once made a profession, but you're not living it. You're close to the kingdom this morning. There's another step, and that step is personally accepting Jesus Christ. It's saying, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. I accept you. We move on in this passage, and the next argument for this young man that Jesus says is this. Is Jesus God, or is he just a good man? If you believe Jesus is just a good man, you'll never get into the kingdom of God. You have to believe he died for you. So I'm going to ask two questions for you this morning. Two questions. Number one. Maybe you made a profession. Maybe you came to a church somewhere, signed a card, whatever. Maybe you've been, quote, living as a Christian. But there's really been no change in your life. Today, you need to make it right with God. You see, when you stand before God, He knows. He knows your heart. And secondly, some of you here are friends brought you. And you're looking for peace. You're looking for God's satisfaction in your life. And you're looking for forgiveness of sins. And you want to know you're going to heaven. Don't leave this morning being this close. There's one more step you have to make. You have to admit your need of Jesus Christ and accept Him. The way we do that here is we ask you to make a public profession of Jesus Christ. And you're saying, I want God in my life. In today's message from the Gospel of Mark, we heard a lot about how to effectively love God. But first, it's vitally important that you personally receive His love. When Jesus spoke to the teacher, he acknowledged that the man was not far from the kingdom of God. But we have to believe in Jesus and receive him. Once we're in his love, that love overflows and increases. 
Growing Our Faith and Bringing Maturity. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we will be posed an important question regarding what we really think about who Jesus is. Pastor Mark will explain some difficult concepts about the divinity and humanity of Jesus. He will take us back to the lineage of David and forward to the Messiah and how everything fits perfectly together, even if our minds have trouble understanding those truths. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. 